this is fun. I'm usually in um, talking right below you, talking to little children, and here I am talking to you. This is very cool. And I do not take it lightly, and um, yes, I'm excited. Okay, Ephesians 5, 22 to 24. So if you have your Bible, um, let's turn there, let's read. Let's start there, and then we have another portion to read. Ephesians 5, 22 to 24. <clears throat> Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Take note of that word, own. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit in everything to your husbands. So we're going to fast forward. I'm going to go to 1 Peter 3, 1 to 7. Likewise, wives, be subject, which also means submit, same, to your own, here it is again, husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives. Yes, submission even applies to unbelieving husbands as well. When they see your respectful and pure conduct, do not let your adorning be external. The braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is, in God's sight, very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves, by submitting to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children, if you do, if you do good, and do not fear anything that is frightening. Verse 7. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing her honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. God bless the reading of his word today. I love the Bible. <laughs> Vadi Bakum, preacher and dean of theology at African Christian University. He says this, and I know you will agree with me and him. There is a war raging right now in the marketplace of ideas. We know there's a war raging on many fronts, and we make them clear here. We talk about them. For starters, there's a war on biblical manhood, a biblical womanhood, and by default, biblical marriage and family. Um, let me make it clear. Don't matter what society says, I am going to fight for my family. And you should too. <laughs> Satan attempts, attempts to tear down every structure built by God. He loves to tamper with God's created order, continuing to ask, 
did God really say? We talked about the Sunday night, right? Just like he did in the beginning. God built the structures of manhood and womanhood, marriage and family. He built it. He designed it. God built these structures. And because Satan is tempting to tear them down, we must talk about them. It doesn't matter how hard it is to talk about. Um, we must talk about them. And if we don't talk about them and practice biblical submission, the foundation of our civilization, it's a hard word, will crumble and the walls of our culture will fall down around us. We're already seeing it. It's very prevalent. It's very easy to see. With a good dive in of scripture, it's really good to ask lots of questions. I know I like to ask lots of questions. So we're going to ask a series of questions this morning, and we're going to answer them with God's word. So what does submission mean? The word submit in our text means to rank under. Therefore, submission is best understood in terms of hierarchy. Ooh. <laughs> In God's ideal family structure, there are those who rank over and those who rank under. When the husband is the head of the home, the wife submits to the husband and the child obeys the parents. The family flourishes. Submission and hierarchy is a concept that goes against the grain of human nature. I know. We all know this. And yet, we all see the need for it in most aspects of life. Think about it. Without submission or hierarchy, things would quickly fall into chaos as everyone strives to be in charge. I know this is hard to talk about. We're, talking, we're doing it, okay? We're doing it. I came across a statement this week that says, without hierarchy, there is anarchy, which means chaos, destruction, disorder. I believe God knew what he was doing when he established the family structure, which is the foundation of civilization. Oh, pin drop. Being the perfect God that he is, he established a perfect order for us to live by. The Bible tells us that God is not the author of disorder or confusion, but of peace. 1 Corinthians 14, 23. God's word, God's ways can always be trusted. Always keep that in the forefront of your mind. In his letter to the Ephesians, Paul begins the section on submission in 521 with the command, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Without a willingness to live in mutual submission, we will easily distort and destroy the environment in which God designed families to thrive. With the instruction to submit to one another in place, Paul proceeds to implore the Ephesians to accept God's ideal structure for family. Another question. Why is there hierarchy in marriage? Why does the Bible talk about this? <laughs> God's ideal structure 
for the marriage and family is a hierarchy. God designed marriage to serve as an illustration of Christ's relationship with the church. Christ is the head of the church. The husband is the head of the home and the wife. Biblical marriage demonstrates this relationship to onlookers. In 1 Peter 3.1, we see Peter says that biblical submission actually wins people to Christ, specifically unbelieving husbands. I think that's incredible. Wives, when onlookers see our willingness to submit to the headship of our husbands, they will be inspired to submit to Christ. That's how it's supposed to work. Another question. Who does the wife submit to? (laughs) You're a good cheerleader up there. (laughs) I like that. Wives submit to their, we're getting there, but wives submit to their own husbands. So now society will tell you, oh, don't go to church. Don't do do it the way they're doing it because they're just trying to oppress women. That's not true. That's not true at all. You're not supposed to be submitting the Bible's not saying to submit to and in every, every single man. Submit to your own husband. Wife, your man belongs to you. Through marriage. Matthew and I were talking about this this week, and we, we kind of came to the conclusion that you can't have the blessings of a biblical marriage without being married. So I implore you, if you're here and you're not married and you're with someone you love, get married. And the same goes for men. If you're here, get married. It's God's design. Now, there's two objections. Well, there's probably many. Two that I've recorded (laughs) to this structure. Uh, In some relationships, it is obvious that the wife is better qualified than the husband to lead. I have lots of friends and lots of different, they have different marriages and different personalities and all of those things, different skills. And they're probably better qualified to lead Um, to be the head of the home. But wherever there's a husband and a father present in the home, the wife is to follow the Lord's instruction and submit to him and his leadership. Submission to her husband has nothing to do, hear me clearly, nothing to do with your worth or your value, nor does it imply that we are inferior women in any way. We are not. 1 Peter 3, 7 reiterates that we are heirs together with our husbands and equal members of God's family. I love that. What does the wife submit to? This is tricky, but we're going to just say it like it is. It says everything, okay? 524, all people are invited first and foremost to submit to Jesus Christ. That's your number one. That's your number one. Then wives are commanded to submit to their own husband in everything. 
In response, women often ask, where's the nuances? In fact, there really is none. Now, you have a very different relationship than we do. We are different personalities. We've come from different cultures. Uh, I'm a newfie. He's born in Ontario. You know, there's lots of different things that are different about the way we were raised and things like that. But, <laughs> but um, there is no nuances. It's in everything. That's what the Bible says. And I'm just, don't get, I said like, Joel, don't get mad at me. Get mad at the scriptures. <laughs> When it comes to submission, the responsibility is given to the husband, husbands hear me here, to create a relationship that is conducive to submission. He is required to love his wife as Christ loves the church. Now, I don't know about you, but that is a huge responsibility. giving himself up for her. He is required to live with his wife in an understanding way and to honor her above all others. Does Christ abuse his bride? No. Does he talk down to her? No. Have unrealistic expectations of her? No. Therefore, a husband is not permitted to be abuse his wife. Demean her or place unrealistic expectations on her. That's not the way of Christ. So that is, yeah, that's the truth. And wives, if you find yourself in this kind of relationship, then you must make it a matter of prayer and of counsel to godly people that you know. It's not okay. That's not how Christ treats his bride, and it's not how your husband should treat you. That's not God's design. Abuse is not God's design. Another question. I love questions. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I'm answering them myself, yes. <laughs> Why should a, um, a wife submit to her husband? There's a couple things I highlighted here. Number one, to adorn herself with imperishable beauty, respectful and pure conduct. This is precious in God's sight. To a world controlled by materialism, immodesty, impossible beauty standards, God declares that true beauty is actually a matter of character, not outward appearance. And that's right. I love getting my hair done. I love working out. I love taking care of myself. And so you should. It's a temple. It's the temple of the Lord. We should take care of ourselves. But when all of our attention and our focus is on our outward appearance, we're really just not building, storing anything up in heaven that's imperishable. The world's feminism movement 
I just added this in here this morning because I was like, I just thought of it. I'm just going to go roll with it. Calls the women to abandon their husband's headship. That the home is a place of oppression. You're so much more than a mother or a godly wife. You're more than that. That's the lies from the pit of hell and smells like smoke. <laughs> Satan is a father of lies. And he's deceiving women in this area. Ladies, I implore you to adorn yourself with gentleness and loyalty to Christ and your husband. Adorn yourself with devotion to God's word. Be committed. Learn to be content. I really struggled here for many years. Remain thankful. Remain faithful. Keep sacrificing. And don't give up. This beauty, it never fades. Number two, personal sanctification. Sanctification is all about transforming human nature. Did you know that when you were born of God, you become a new creation? We are made holy in order to glorify God. We are set apart, set apart for God's purposes to glorify him. When we submit to Jesus as Lord and to our husbands, we are being obedient to God's word. The more we obey, the more we grow in the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. 1 Peter 1.3. The more we grow, the more we fulfill God's purposes. And we give him glory. Isn't that what it's all about? God's supposed to get the glory. The more we walk in the light as he is in the light, the more we are able to expose the darkness with truth. All that we need is in Christ. I really truly believe that. When we realize that, I, that our identity is not found, in, it's only found in Christ, we don't need to seek affirmation from the world and its systems. We already know they're all falling down anyway. Instead, all our affirmation will come from glorifying God and submitting to our husband and our families. This glorifies God. Another question. How does a wife submit? Submission is not easy. <laughs> Got to get an amen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't come naturally, and the culture has completely rejected it. Therefore, to know how to submit to our husbands, we cannot look within ourselves, and we cannot look to the culture. We have to look to the Bible. We have to look to Jesus. One of my favorite authors, Allie Beth Stuckey, uh, actually one of her books really changed my life about a year ago, just her approach on scripture and identity. Um, she says, the self cannot be both the problem and the solution. So remember, you can't fix yourself. You can't, we can't look within ourselves to live this way. It has to be Christ only. He sets the example. This is how you do it. You submit to your husband by submitting to Jesus as your Lord 100%. <laughs> 
Are you truly submitting to Christ? Are you walking with him daily? Are you reading his word? I love this word, immerse. Are you immersing yourself in the truth? Not your truth, the truth. That's important. Our culture likes to say it's your truth, is, is everything. It's a standard, but it's, it's not. Um, we will, like I said, I read here earlier, you can't be both the problem and the solution. It's, not, it's just not going to happen. So we need to submit to the truth. The word submit translated from Greek, I'm going to sound smart, okay? And although I'm not, I'm not dumb, I'm smart, but I looked this one up, okay? I found it while I was looking through and I was reading. The word uh, submit translated from Greek is hupotasso. It is the continuing form of the verb submit. This means that submitting to God, to spiritual authority, or to your husband is not a one-time act. It is a continual attitude, which becomes a pattern of behavior. This command, among others in the Bible, requires submitting daily. Submission is an ongoing process of renewing our minds, which takes discipline and self-control. What does Romans 12.2 say? Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by what? That's right. It's a daily renewing, daily attitude. I'm almost done. I know there's so much to think about here, and there's so much that could be said. I know. I'm probably just toe-dipping a little bit, and so much maybe you've read or uh, you've come across or experienced, but we are all incapable of doing this on our own. <laughs> At the best of times, we fail. Our intentions and promises fall short. Sorry, honey. Our love can feel superficial based on how we feel. Can I get an amen? Feelings, emotions. We really can't let it drive us because there's, I don't know, I'll speak for myself. They're <laughs> up and down. But they're based on how we feel. We are imperfect human beings. It is impossible to be this person on our own. But I have good news for you. The Holy Spirit is our paraclete. He is our counselor advocate and helper. We are not doing this alone. Amen. To the wives and husbands in the room, the scriptures are clear, submitting to Jesus as Lord first and foremost, and then submitting to one another. I know I'm speaking to the choir when I say this topic and command is so easily dismissed and avoided because it requires two things. It requires lack of pride and it requires humility. I struggle with those. But Jesus was the greatest example in this. And what I love is that he's not willing to ask of us anything that he isn't willing to do himself or hasn't shown us how to do. Trust me, it's way too easy to avoid this command because we are, get caught up in cultural and personal nuances of how marriage is supposed to work ultimately. But we aren't accountable to the world. We are accountable to God. 
And as biblical Christians, as a biblical church, we are to listen and obey God because he is trustworthy and he is perfect. I wanted to conclude with a little story. Um, when Matthew and I were in pre-marriage counseling with his dad, Papa, we call him Papa, Papa Brian. Um, he passed away about almost two years ago now. But he was, he set the bar in a lot of ways. But he, he had us do something in our premarital counseling that I'll never forget. And I'll try to get through this without crying. <laughs> he told us to stand in front of the two windows that were in his office. I was on the left. Matthew was on the right. Brian told us to imagine all the things we could hope to accomplish in life. Our dreams, ambitions, hopes, and plans. So after taking some time of looking out the window, thinking about these things for each other or for ourselves, um, he said, now, now that you're getting married, throw all your dreams and hopes and ambitions and plans out the window. I was like, throw them at the window. I'm like, I thought that was strange. I'm like, is my life over now that I'm getting married? <laughs> There's always, he's always up to something. Then he said something so profound. He said, now pick up the hopes and dreams that were thrown out the window, but don't pick up your own. Pick up each other's. He said, Matthew, go out there and pick up all of Trina's ambitions, hopes, and plans. Trina? You go out there and pick up Matthew's dreams and desires and spend the rest of your lives doing whatever it takes to make those ambitions, hopes, plans, dreams, and desires come true. If you do that, you'll have a fulfilling marriage. If not, you'll learn to resent each other. Our text told us to submit to one another as to the Lord. Nowhere does this apply more than in marriage relationship. The wife submits to her husband by doing everything in her power to make his hopes and dreams come true. And the husband submits to Christ by living with his wife in an understanding way and honoring her above all placing her first and foremost, treasuring her. Amen. Let's take the advice of my papa. Let's spend the rest of our lives. Some of us are further along on the journey than others. I mean, we're at 19, some maybe just newly married, some 40, 50, 60 years. Continue on the journey. Spend the rest of our lives making our spouses' dreams come true. It's never too late to start. And never give up. These things seem impossible, but we are not alone. And always look to the word as your 
instruction and your standard. There's so many other commands that we, we look into, and yeah, we can accept that. Yeah, I can do that. But we must talk about these things as a church because culture does not care. They want to make their own standard, and it's crumbling. So we know that God's word is inerrant, it's true, it'll never change, and it's perfect. So if, it's, if those are his words, I want to listen. There's a song, um, I'm, I'm done, but there's a song in our um, wedding I think I got it right, but it was my, my brother and my sister-in-law sang it, and it was, Jesus, be the center. Be my source, be my light. And um, I was thinking about that this week. I was singing it because I don't think I've heard that song since we got married. But isn't that the truth? Jesus needs to be the center of your own life first. Submit to him, and um, the Holy Spirit will help you do the rest. And uh, thank you for having me. <laughs>